This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Welcome to the 89th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our trailer roundup featuring MCU's Thor Love and Thunder. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 89th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy duty! Episode eighty nine of the Drive In Pod has arrived. Shout out, Mike Ditka. So we have the checkup today. Got a sweet trailer roundup with the highly anticipated Thor: Love and Thunder. This is Doctor O in the horn. I'm joined as always by the one and only Ricky Flex. Ricky Flex, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Thor trailer. Thor trailer. Teaser trailer. Surprise, did not know this was coming. Love to see this. Glad we switched it from Monday to Tuesday here for the checkup. It, it bode well in our favor. Absolutely. Happy Easter to all. We delayed the Monday drop to a Tuesday, let you get at reacclimated after the holiday weekend. Ricky Flex, uh, Coachella is going on right now. Uh, I did see a couple clips because none other, none other than Danny Elfman is performing at Coachella and we have seen movie composers perform at Coachella before. So I had a question I wanted to ask you, Ricky Flicks, if you could see one movie composer live at a music festival, who would it be? At a music festival is tough because a lot of these composers I would want to see in concert, but at a music festival, uh, I don't know. Interesting. Um, right? Yeah. Like I, I have a bunch of composers I could rattle off, but would I want to see any of them? Like, would I want to see Hans Zimmer at a music festival? No, like it would be great to see him, but like, is that the vibe? I don't think so. Ricky Flex, have you seen like the videos of Hans Zimmer performing at Coachella? Like I bet it's great, but that, and like, that's probably like my pick because that's the one composer like top of my list that I would want to see, but I don't know if I want to see it at a music festival. I don't know. It would have to be like, the right vibe at Coachella. I don't know. I actually made a list of movie composers. I would like to see uh, at a music festival. You want to hear my list, my top five. Thanks for the heads up, but okay. <laughs> I just thought like, I thought, I thought of it like right before we started recording, I made a top five. Are you ready? So at number five, I have the one and only Bill Conti. You might know him from Rocky. Dude, imagine you're at the end of, your evening, you just saw Travis Scott or you just saw Kanye and maybe you're having the time of your life with the boys. Then the Rocky theme comes on. Come on. Bill Conti at five. Then I actually have a, it's not a movie composer, but a TV show composer. I got some Game of Thrones action. I got Ramin Jawadi. Uh, I mean, talk about what all time TV scores, the theme song for Game of Thrones going into Battle the Bastards into the finale of season six. I mean, give me that all day. Number three, mm-hmm. number three, I have John Williams. John Williams is going to hit you everywhere, right? And just all time classics. I feel like John Williams, him performing like live would be like the equivalent of having a sing along concert because he's so synonymous with like decades of movie watching, just like your favorite artist is like. Decades of listening. You just know the words by heart. You can hit me with the Jaws. You hit me with Star Wars. You can hit me with Superman theme. And just all the nostalgia just drips all over you. So we got John Williams at number three. Uh, number two, little modern modern day bias, recency bias, Michael Giacchino. Shout out to Batman that just released on HBO Max. He'll maybe like lead off with a little bit of uh, Up, which he won an Oscar for, for best original score. But Imagine the finale for the Batman 
bum, 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 bum. And then I'll hit you with like that Halloween theme at the beginning with the intro. I think that would be an epic end to the night. And then number one is Hans Zimmer, dude. I've seen like, I've seen videos of Hans Zimmer at Coachella with just fire going on in the background, just pyrotechnics. And he just won for Dune, like hearing Dune with like fire spouting out everywhere. He'll mix in Inception, Dark Knight, Interstellar, and then he'll even hit you with the Lion King. Like Hans Zimmer's got to be number one. What do you think of the list? Hans, definitely number one. Giacchino over Williams. That's a hot take to the max. Recency bias, whatever you want to call it. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I think Johnny Greenwood would be a good one. Another recency bias. I think that would be good. A little radio and then power of the dog, clearly. So Radiohead, I mean. So I think that would be another honorable mention there. But again, like like you said, Game of Thrones, like, yeah, five minutes, sure. Past that, I don't think I want to listen to that for more than five minutes. You know, like, I think this would be better if, like, they were all together for a Super Bowl show. That would, that would be cool. That's a great idea. Like you just have people like you'll be have someone on the keyboard spotlight on them. All of a sudden it dims down. And then you got like, like you'll have like Hans Zimmer, like going on the score. You get the piano and flames. And then yeah. all of a sudden it dims down to John, John Williams. All of a sudden it's like flying through the air as like the Superman theme comes on. That'd, that'd be a, a nice, like, that's like a festival moment, like multiple people, like almost right. like a, like a feature. You know? Yeah, I guess I, I just want a little bit of everything. So like the John, John Williams, Hans Zimmer, those are like good ones, I guess, for festivals. I guess I'll take back what I said earlier. But again, like Giacchino, the Batman, like that would be like even up mixing that. That would be like way two ends of the spectrum. I don't know if I want that. Like, I, I just I'm not sure about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Obviously, if you're there or you're just looking at these videos, it's awesome. But then again, like, would it be better than other like other possible avenues? Like maybe all of them together doing it one of their scores at a Super Bowl, one like 10 minutes uh, set, I think that would be better. Or like a Johnny Greenwood, like if he somehow like would do Power of the Dog or like There Will Be Blood and then like Chris, then Chris Martin just shows up on stage, like Coldplay what? just comes out of nowhere. Way, way to make... Uh, oh, Radiohead. It's Radiohead, not Coldplay. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why he's, I was like thinking, like, why is it Coldplay? I could but, um, but uh, one way to make the Oscars better do a compilation 10 minute concert of each of the the scores that are nominated together. Just have like a theme though. Like what if it was just Hans Zimmer scores that just go out throughout the night? Okay. Or just do that. Just do one guy, <laughs> do a 10 minute show. Right. Another way to do the, yeah. Improve the Oscars. Boom. There's just, it was just going through my mind. Cause I saw that tweet. It's like Danny Elfman. I didn't include Danny Elfman because he would just performed, but he would be sweet too with like Batman coming on the Spider-Man theme. <laughs> Dude, he's got the Simpsons like rocking. And I like, it just gives me like, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of weird to think about these like influencers at Coachella and they're just right. listening to like the Simpsons theme. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, so it they just probably doesn't seem like never seen an episode. Yeah. I don't know. Iconic though, iconic. Danny Elfman, like, like maybe the best superhero scores other than John Williams is Superman. Like, it, it's like he just owns it. Like, he, I watched that Spider-Man clip a few times. I had to. All right, uh, that's what I got in terms of what else is going on. What are you watching, Ricky Flex? Uh, you've been keeping up with Winning Time. You've been catching up in any films. What do you got? Well, we got the Nick Cage draft coming tomorrow, coming at you. So Nick Cage been watching a lot of the, of him. Um, but also like we ran it back on Saturday night, watched once upon a time in Hollywood. That movie still hits bang, still amazing. But I, that's pretty much it. Like this is a big week for movies. Like we got the Batman coming out on HBO max today. When you're listening to this, uh, it was yesterday. And then you got unbearable way to massive talent that obviously just spoke to, uh, Nick cage. And then the Northman. Dr. Rose, most anticipated movie of the year besides the Batman. So mm -hmm. this is a huge week for movies, streaming, non-streaming, re-releases, whatever you want to call that, uh, the Batman coming to HBO Max. And then you got two huge releases with some of the, like Pedro Pascal, Nick Cage, two of the biggest movie stars out there, and then the Northman, Robert Eggers. So honestly, this is a huge week for the pod, huge week for movies. Can't wait to talk all about it this week. When it's coming to like original content, like for movies, this is been an awesome past month when you think of everything everywhere all at once we got robert northman's the 
Robert Eggers, the Northman, then followed by like the Nick Cage meta movie that's coming out. That's a pretty good string of films that we got going right now before we head into this MCU phase where we got Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We got Moon Knight right now. And then we got the first trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. So let's talk about that. Let's break it down. Ricky Flex, I'll give you the synopsis that has surfaced on the interwebs. So we have Thor Love and Thunder follows Thor on a quest for inner peace. But his retirement is interrupted by Gore, the god butcher, who seeks the extinction of the gods. Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and Jane Foster, who now wields Jolnir as the mighty Thor. So, yet another Marvel character is seen as worthy to be wielding Thor's hammer. Ricky Flex, what was your reaction upon seeing this new trailer? Three years in the making since whatever the MCU situation where Taika gave the Thor, the Thor hammer to Mornier to Jane Foster, Natalie Portman on the stage with Kevin Feige and Chris Hemsworth. Three years later, we finally get to see her hold it in costume in the, uh, with the helmet looks pretty sweet. Looks pretty sweet. The way, a good way to end this teaser trailer. I really like that, but going from the end, going back to the beginning, Taika crazy song choices, sweet child of mine, Get us, gets us rolling here. We see a Thor getting back into shape. We're probably going to see a great montage, probably mocking uh, satire with Rocky, perhaps, him getting back into shape. And then Chris Hemsworth just looks like a, a beast. But then he's in peace. And you mentioned it, interrupted out of his peace. I'm happy because if we saw like a peaceful Thor, especially with the Guardians involved, like you got to have the mix and match on the battlefield. Looking forward to that. And again, like you see this recruitment, possible recruiting to go against Christian Bales, who we didn't see here, especially last week when we talked about the controversy surrounding the look of his character, but possibly recruiting talent to go against uh, the God Butcher here, Christian Bale. So you got Russell Crowe's Zeus, possibly trying to recruit him, Jane Foster, maybe other gods in the making that they haven't released yet. But this looks exciting. It looks exciting. Uh, just happy. I guess we. I'm just happy we got it. I did not see this coming today. Like, just really happy that we got something because the movie's only a couple months, few months away. So they had to release, give us something, especially three years post Jane Foster, Natalie Portman being announced as Lady Thor. I've been waiting for this trailer for so long, so damn long now. I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home has gotten so much attention from the MCU. Moon Knight stealing all the attention. And then people seem like they're more excited for Doctor Strange 2 than Thor Love and Thunder. I almost can't believe that because like we're, follow- we're getting the follow-up to Ragnarok, which is arguably the best movie ever made in the MCU, by the way. So I think Doctor Strange, people are so hung up on the potential cameos and they're going to be eventually let down by it. Thor, Love and Thunder, you know what you're getting. But at the same time, like what new new spin is Taika going to bring to this movie? I like how it was only a minute 30. Not too much. You talked about Christian Bale. They didn't really show Gore the God Butcher. Although I think I saw him speeding. Like there was just like a blur of a fast dude. That must have been Gore the God just hinting at him. So I watched it a couple of times. So I'm trying to spot things just like anyone does mm-hmm, MCU mm-hmm. like trailers like that, that, that. Remember that screenshot? Boom, 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 boom. Uh, you mentioned the Gardens of the Galaxy. Uh, I want to talk about them. The Gardens of the Galaxy make like three different appearances in the trailer. A notable appearance made by Peter Quill, played by Chris Pratt, with uh, some defined mutton chops, even more so than usual. He's got I mean, he looks a little bit older. It's been a few years since he's... He's mourning. As Peter he's Quill. mourning. Yeah, he's still on the search for Gamora. This is uh, presumably going to lead into the Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special. I meant to ask, since they were so like notable in a minute and a half trailer, Like, how much do you think we're going to see of the Gardens of the Galaxy in this movie? Can you put like a timestamp on it? I want to say half. I, I want to say a third to a whoa, half. And half. the reason I'm saying that is not just because of this movie, but... Again, it, it seems like like Chris Pratt, Peter Quill was like, I love you guys, or I love you. And then like Chris Hemsworth, Thor is trying to like be in the shot every time he says, I love you. And he's like, I'm not talking to you, things like that. It just seems like they're going to be helping him get over like, hey, you can't be in peace right now and eventually help him defeat Christian Bale here. 
it just seems like they're going to be a pivotal part in this movement. So a half might be a lot, but I like a third to a half. I definitely see that as a huge possibility because again, if you're in it for the first act, trying to get him to get out of peacetime, and then you're in the last act, that's already two thirds of the movie, but then you just cut that a little bit and you're at half. So that's like kind of my prediction, I guess. I know that seems crazy, but again, it leads into like James Gunn was on set as well, helping out with this in Australia. Why, like why waste so much of his time to do this a movie that's not, I know it's his characters, but like going all the way out there, helping Taika with this and his, his characters. Like, I just feel like it, they have to have a significant amount of this movie. I don't think they're going to be in much of the movie. I, I really don't. <sighs> just because the one time, the times we've seen them, it was all in the same setting, all on the same planet. And we'll get to like what this movie looked like and the, like the Star Wars vibes that it actually gave me. But I don't, the way we've seen like MCU projects marketed lately, when we think of the TV shows, usually what are they showing you? Limited. They say, oh, you're giving away too much, but typically it's only the first two episodes. A lot mm. they're giving away here with the Guardians, I assume is just going to be in the first part of this. Just movie. to draw you in. But I will hedge my bet a little bit, Ricky Flex, and say there is a chance there's a huge battle at the end and they make an appearance. They have to like, I Imagine think they, if, have like, to. they found Gamora. They don't show it. And then all of a sudden it's like Gamora's fighting what next to Thor and everything at the end of this movie. To or throw next to that Jane into Foster. this movie. I, don't, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm sure like this holiday special is going to dive into that, but I would not be shocked if they showed up at the end. I just don't have, I think there's just so much that the holiday special and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are going to tell us with this story. I think they're just going to make sure they have that interaction with Thor at the beginning. Cause that's where we left off with Endgame. I am curious what song James, the minds of James Gunn and Taika Waititi come up with to intro the movie with Thor alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy. Cause you know, it's going to be a banger, right? Going with this soundtrack. And honestly, you can't even pinpoint like what era, like you would say like, Oh, maybe like 70, 60s, like 60s, 70s, Peter Quill, you know, but I don't like Thor, like, you know, they played immigrant song, I guess. So seventies, but and like Sweet Child of Mine, Guns and Roses in this trailer. I'm not sure, man. It's again, this movie should have more hype to it. Doctor Strange is taking it just because we're in this multiverse era post Spider-Man No Way. Home. Cumberbatch supremacy. Cumberbatch Oscar nom recently to go along with being in No Way Home. Definitely that's taking the limelight here. But Thor Love and Thunder. I want to like Sam Rami's great, but I want to like put my like blank on the table here. This is going to be a better movie than Doctor Strange. Yeah. And I do want to say, Ricky Flix, my initial reaction to this trailer, I got yours. I didn't mention mine that, like, I didn't, I guess, define mine very well. But I was ecstatic to get this trailer. I thought it looked amazing. It didn't hit the same as when we saw Ragnarok because Ragnarok, like, hit your senses in a new way because it was something we hadn't experienced. It introduced this new version of Thor. We're like, who the hell is this Taika Waititi guy? Who does he think he is right now? Putting the immigrant song right in this trailer for Thor Ragnarok. Like this should be this should be saved for a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But like having these two directors kind of blending together, especially for the first part of this movie, it could be special. Uh, the way it looks, dude, it pops. It absolutely mm. pops on screen. Like you got different worlds being like, I guess, teased right here. We're going to talk about Zeus and uh, we're going to talk about Russell Crowe in a second. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the, the, it just felt vibrant. It was just literally coming at you. And I, I feel like also the MCU, like these directors are so obsessed with Lion King. Like, they, like I see so many Lion King like type shots, like whether Disney. we talk about uh, Black Panther, or now we're seeing it in the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. They freaking love Lion King. Yeah, they love Lion King. I was just also thinking, like, oh, what songs? Like, they can go lazy and go, like, peace, like, eagles, like, peaceful love. Yeah, you know what I mean? They can do that. Or they can go at the end, like, or, like, right when Thor's, like, getting out of that peace mode and go, like, peace of mind, Boston. Both, like, 70s vibes there. That could hit as well with the Guardians as well. Just a little side note there. But uh, no, I agree. Like Lion King, it's every movie though. Like you, you see the same thing. Like all these like original, like uh, the, these great movies that we always remember. Everyone always takes a little bit from it. I really don't mind it. But if they did like lift up the hammer, like I'm glad the hammer was like in this trailer was not like a Lion King type hammer, like raising Simba, not raising this hammer. A little different there. 
So I'm, as long as they don't do that, I'm fine with the Lion King references. But in, in terms of like uh, the story where it's like Thor, like kind of rediscovering himself, he seems a little bit lost. He's no longer a superhero. He's in retirement. But this is kind of where Ragnar, that's, this is kind of what Ragnarok did in terms of like Thor figuring out what he means to people, who he needs to be. Uh, maybe that was more Ragnarok. And this one's just going to be like self identifying himself, like who he needs to be not only for other people but for himself because it seems like he's going to go on this epic odyssey you know going to these different planets right interacting with these different beings and uh just it's almost like a self-discovery type thing what do you think about that in terms of the story yeah like again i i think you're right i think like it seems like ragnarok like him becoming a leader of asgard no matter it doesn't it's not just land it's the people right but then it seems like endgame just took all that away and then, like, the, the whole point of Ragnarok was just taken away in one fell swoop. And then now it's all about him finding himself, like you said. And I feel like Ragnarok's kind of for nothing a little bit, as besides like becoming a better person and then having a great short haircut and losing an eye. Because Valkyrie is the one who leads. Right. Asgard it was, like, more now. for her. It was, like, more for her setting her up. Yeah. And by and the way, we- Asgard modernized here. Like, they severely improved post Thor. They've like, recovered. They've recovered better than Hiroshima following World War II, Ricky. Like they, oh, they, they look great. They look great. And they're uh we didn't get much Valkyrie here, but I assume we're gonna see her just in the suit. You will like, get in a real suit. Yeah, like, shirt and tie. Like, shirt like and a shirt tie. tie. Yeah. Not when we say suit in a superhero movie, we're talking about like not top cop comic book accuracy. We're talking about like you know Joseph A. Bay. Or <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. Uh Zeus, pretty electric moment where you got Zeus catching the lightning bolt right in the trailer. You don't get to see Russell Crowe's face, but you we have heard like uh rumors that Hercules is gonna be in this movie as well, introducing new characters to the MCU. Uh what, do you, what like screen time? What do you think, Russell Crowe? You think he plays a prominent role here? Maybe he plays a part in the final battle. I think he plays a part in the final battle. You know, because Gore is probably going to want to kill him. He wants to kill all gods. That's why I said in the beginning, my initial reaction is like, all right, what other gods are we going to be Russell getting? Russell Crowe dies. Russell Crowe dies in this movie. Jesus, that's just <laughs> too sad. But um, no, like again, like I think we're going to see a bunch of cameos. Like, do we get The Rock as Hercules here? Like, do we? What do we there get? There was Who someone we, cast. I gotta look it up. Yeah. Someone was do we, cast like Matt Damon's coming back. Like, I know he was in a like he played like Loki in the play in Ragnarok. He's confirmed in this movie, right? So maybe he's playing a god, separate character. I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. I don't think Russell Crowe will be in a lot of it. He's not. He has not aged particularly great, very well here. Like his hair looks in awesome. general, hair looks amazing, but it can't be his. Obviously, he's also kind of fat now, like a la unhinged. Uh, so, like, I just don't know how this is gonna work. I just think that they would try to limit his screen time as much as possible. Maybe I don't know. It's like I feel like the Aussies coming together. You know, Russell Crowe and Chris Hemsworth. I think that's gonna be something they were both like jacked up to do. And so, uh, also talking about appearances, we gotta talk about Jane Foster looking ripped her shoulders very defined here biceps bulging but i have a little theory about jane foster here i don't think this is the same jane foster that thor knew yeah maybe a little different he looked a little shocked i think it's a variant yeah i could see that post doctor strange like i could see that he looks very shocked seeing that and i obviously could say oh obviously because jane holding monor and wearing the shield and or sorry the helmet and everything but i think it's more than that you know, because he was like, wasn't shocked when Captain America took the took it. And if he knows Jane, which he does, she knows that she would be worthy. So I think it's more just an, oh, that's not my Jane. But the Thor, like the hammer was destroyed by Hela. So it's like, it gotta be, it's gotta be a hammer from a different universe. Therefore, maybe a Thor from a different universe is Jane Foster. Well, no, because technically that Mornor in Endgame is a different one because he went back. Oh, yeah. In time. He went back. He went back in yeah. time to get it. Oh yeah, because yeah, he was—he had both at the end game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. got me. You got but, me. You got me. But I'm still—I'm <laughs> still not sold that this isn't a variant. Yeah, 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 of... yeah. No, but also that reminds me of something that I just haven't seen anyone talk about is that Thor, Chris Hemsworth, is making out with someone in this trailer. He's—he's—he—he is—he is—he is 
off the reservation. He's going. Yeah, and it wasn't there. Jane. Like that did not look like a Jane. Like it Jane did not Foster. look like someone that's going to have a prominent role in this movie. It just seemed like we got party boy Thor just going nuts. So party boy, grab, Thor. grab, grab, Loki grab just. And he, dude, it's a, that's when he's like back to being jacked. You see him with the chains, like boom, 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 like banging him against the ground, like he's Bradley right. Martin out here, like shaking, like whatever. <laughs> so, uh, seeing, I also can't wait for the theme song. That's gonna be like a training montage, like Rocky S bringing up Bill Conti earlier, like get something going there, Taika Waititi. But uh, I think it's just him. I mean, just going nuts. So that's what I think is gonna happen there. I think the kiss is not gonna matter. Uh, yeah yeah that's that's pretty i think I, I think that's right uh any other comments on thor love and thunder before we wrap up the breakdown here now just again this movie's bigger than dr strange as in this is thor this is taika watiti coming back we finally get jane foster here being lady thor this movie's huge obviously the multiverse is bigger but I think we already saw No Way Home. We saw the peak of the multiverse with three Spider-Mans coming together. So we already saw that peak. The anticipation is a little too high. This one, it seems like people forgot about it. And this was just going to blow people away. So I'm look, really looking forward to this July 8th. Yep, July 8th hits theaters, okay? That's going to do it for the breakdown of Thor Love and Thunder. Before we move on to the checkup, I did want to bring up another trailer briefly, Ricky Flex. We got a new film from David Cronenberg. This guy... Uh, is releasing Crimes of the Future, starring a big three that's like really in demand in Hollywood right now. You got Kristen Stewart coming off a nomination for Spencer. You got Leigh Seydoux coming off uh, No Time to Die with James Bond. And then you have Viggo Mortensen coming off Green Book. So three very much in demand actors right now in what looks like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen like weirdest movies. And it, it literally terrified me. I almost crapped myself watching this movie. I have no idea what was happening. It seems like we got some sci-fi going on with Viggo Mortensen almost being like this AI type of figure. You got like people, a woman's face that's like sewn shut in multiple different ways. You ask me what this movie is about. I would say I have no idea. I just think it's going to be like a Black Mirror episode that's going for like a two hour length that's going to absolutely scare the piss out of me. Um, do you see this trailer, Ricky Flex? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. This movie so scary. This movie, like, just by the cast, Viggo Mortensen, like, historically, like, when he does, like, these type of movies, smaller movies or artsy-fartsy type of things or whatever, they always get critically, like, acclaimed, right? But, like, not a lot of people watch them. And I'm not going to be someone that watches this one, I think, unless, like, it's just blowing everyone out of the water. Like, I don't, I don't know. This really doesn't appeal to me except the cast. Um I usually don't say that a lot after a trailer. Usually I give it a chance. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait. I Maybe you have to watch it first. I really didn't like it at all, but I know that it'll probably get critical acclaim. He did a history of violence, but I'm reading right That's, now. Uh, William Hurt. William Hurt had an iconic scene in that. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen is that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. William Hurt's the supporting character, so not I don't, one of I the don't, great scenes. I don't watch much Cronenberg stuff, but what I do know about him, he likes like this effed up sci-fi stuff. You know, it's like stuff that's going to like absolutely scare you about the future. I feel like I cannot handle watching more than one of his movies. Like I'm looking at his filmography now. He did Cosmopolis with Pattinson a couple of years back, which is also oh one of the weirder movies in Pattinson's arsenal. And I feel like it's one of the less weird ones in the history of Cronenberg's arsenal. So this guy, I think it's playing at Cannes. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm sure it's going to be. I know they're really promoting it in the trailer. They're saying, oh, this is a nominee for like whatever, whatever. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. a Palm de or whatever it's called. So it's like, the, so they're really saying this is going to be something else. But I think I will have to watch it and then never return to it. And like, yeah, it looks like an unrewatchable for sure. And just like the someone of face, like it's too much. It's, I, I'm, I feel like it's like nightmare fuel. Yeah, nightmare fuel. I like that. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that trailer up quickly before I move on to the checkup. But let's go to some of the biggest headlines from the past week. Uh, something that's catching our attention here. We got Warner Brothers Discovery, right? The new the, the merger between the two major companies. They're exploring an overhaul of DC Entertainment. So moving from Marvel to DC now. So Warner Brothers Discovery, they believe that several top shelf characters like Superman have been left to languish and need to be revitalized for Warner Brothers. They also believe Joker is a shining example of how second bill characters in the DC library can and should be exploited. So 
Discovery looking to make some big changes with DC. Don't necessarily agree with what they're saying about Joker. We'll get to that in a second. Well, thank you. What do you think about this idea of an overhaul for DC, Ricky Flex? Something you're looking forward to? It just seems that we're, again, this is the merger literally just happened last week, but it seems that we're on the right path right now. It seems like this is a good start. Let's get this strategic thinking started off hot. And that's what we're doing. Yes, the second Bill Joker comment is heinous, I think. And I don't think it's getting enough flack on the internet for it. What are we doing here? Arguably the most famous villain in cinematic history. Him, like Darth Vader, Jaws. Like, what are we doing here? Like, how do you call that second bill? He's more like you literally have Batman, Superman, then Joker, probably for most. It's probably they're probably most popular characters in DC. You go Batman, Joker, Superman. (laughs) Right now, for sure. Right. Right now, for sure. And for him to say that is crazy, but it kind of shows like his lack of knowledge, which is why he needs like a Kevin Feige here. He needs someone. That's what this article is saying. This is what he is saying. He needs someone. He's been interviewing people. He hasn't found anyone right for the job yet or someone that actually turned down the job. I forget her name. But no, I think looking for a Kevin Feige is good. Maybe not as much control as a Kevin Feige because I do believe that DC uh bandwidth is so much wider than a marvel obviously a lot of marvel characters are based off of a lot of dc characters i think there's a lot more to go off of in dc especially for side projects as well like dc right now has proven that they don't need one universe they could do a universe and then a multitude of side projects i like that just keep doing that but again a kevin feige yes but maybe just to control the universe not the side projects we like like what james gunn is doing what uh, obviously matt reeves is doing let them cook, not have a Kevin Feige control what they're doing. I guess those are my like initial reactions to this. But still, at the end of the day, excited, more excited than nervous. I would say the same thing, but I did have some trepidation immediately because they talked about having one singular vision. And I'm like, oh my God, are they going to try and mess up what Matt Reeves has just done? Are they going to try and intersect with this Batman? Are they going to try and just move on and have another Batman? I'm really nervous that they're going to be like, okay, everything, overhaul, start from the beginning. But I feel like you can't do that after this, the critical and box office success from the Batman. But everything else, scrap it, restart it. Great idea. Great idea. Get rid of this. The other news in the checkup regarding DC today, I'm looking at it now. It's like KJ Appa and Isabel May have been cast in DC's The Wonder Twins for HBO Max. Get that crap out of here. Get that out of here. Are you kidding me? We're giving the Wonder Twins a goddamn movie before we give Superman a defined project before we see Clark Kent again? Like, Henry Cow would be great, but just give me someone playing Superman before we prioritize the Wonder Twins. What are we doing? But, they, but again, this is just the first statement. We're one, not even a week into this merger there's no way they're on board with the wonder twins but he exactly but also he mentions superman by name he says left the language that's huge for us we have someone admit that this is ridiculous what has happened to Ari with the most iconic comic book character of all time and there's been rumors like if discovery had not said something about this we could be looking at a dc universe with like batgirl and Supergirl instead of Batman and Superman being involved or instead having a Michael Keaton at the age of 70 playing Batman. Like the vision is just horrendous. All types, all types of messed up. All type. And like the other DC movie uh, movie news here, it's like Susan Sarandon's been cast, like replacing Sharon Stone as the villain in Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, what are we doing? I don't know. Why are we like like I I get it? You want to have these second tiered like superheroes getting shot. Those are 80th tier those are just terrible characters and the wonder twins oh my god they're like being spoofed on family guy regularly and you're giving them a movie before like man of steel 2 or just another superhero project like take care of those projects first you know it's heinous it's heinous like like marvel when you look at marvel they have spider-man but like then they like everyone else was like second tier. It's like X Men and Spider Man were the first tier, and they were gonna get movies before everybody. And then they're second tier, and that's where Marvel they can uh, afford to play around and use these characters. They had this one singular vision for a universe. They had a formula they knew was gonna work. DC is now just throwing crap at a wall. Like, oh, will this stick? Nope, falls apart. Crap. So throw another thing in the wall. Oh, we'll see. But it makes me think like, will like Aquaman 
distance itself from other DC projects just because they're going to anticipate this new Aquaman with uh, not not new, but Momoa's Aquaman is going to be interacting with a new Superman or a new Batman. So just this type of comments make me question the upcoming movies, like the Batgirl movie. Is that going to be like really connected to everything else? Are they going to try and separate it? And then the flash with Ezra Miller and all that crap going on with him. Yeah. Probably him not returning as the flash following his only solo adventure. Yeah. And and DC has the biggest actor in Hollywood right now coming out with a movie later this year in the rock. And I totally forgot. And that's like, we're just going to dismiss Black Adam now, especially like, like obviously like black superhero or supervillain, if you want to say, like you can't dismiss that at all. So they're going to have to work out Black Adam, Shazam, Shazam Batgirl, um, Aquaman, Super, Supergirl, in the Supergirl, other flashes, potentially Michael Keaton's Batman into a universe. No, let's just end it. Let's just. Let's end it all. Just cancel them. Cancel them. I don't care like, what you've shot. Maybe cancel I can't, them. Like, I don't even want to see them at the light of day. Release it. I, like, my heart can only take so it. much. Cancel them now. <laughs> like, we can't do it anymore. I just, obviously, they're not going to do that. But after next year, like after Shazam comes out, I honestly am, have no idea where this is going to go. I just think they're going to continue doing them because there's just money in the bank. And then they'll just build something new. Like, like this Wonder Twins thing? Like, they haven't shot anything? Good. Cancel it. Don't, don't announce anything. The Blue Beetle. Have you shot anything? Great. Don't do it. <laughs> you know? I know people love these characters, but, like, you know the Who? quality of the film isn't going Who to be loves great. these characters? You, you'd be surprised on social media. You would be absolutely shocked on social media. So, I, I am tempted, like, this just sounds great. I like these one-offs. Like there was, there was this DC black label that was going on. They have them for the comic books for like a separate story for these characters outside of continuity. So to have something similar to Joker, I'm cool with that. Just make sure it's clearly defined outside of a universe. Right. And let Batman do his thing. I would be okay with like, okay, let's just have Batman have his own universe and let's just have Superman have his own universe. And then that's it. We don't need any other, anybody else. Those are the two biggest entities. And like Wonder Woman, they, they kind of ruined it with 84. And I don't know if she's going to be showing up. There's rumors she's going to show up in Shazam 2. Rumors she's going to show up in The Flash. I mean, all you need is Batman and Superman. Problem. That's all you need, you know? I know it's all you need. Like in Marvel, you could say all you need is Spider-Man and like Captain America. And that's it. But you're not going to do that, right? So yeah. we need the Justice League. We need the Justice I don't know if we need them. I don't know if we do. You're, you're too nearsighted. Think think long term. I'm just thinking about the quality of pictures. That's what I'm thinking of. And I think if you if you have all these characters being incorporated, if it's anywhere similar to what Zack Snyder did, you're going to be in trouble. They got to really commit to doing this long term. You're not. You can't just force them together. You can't. You got. It's got to be long term. This type of plan. There's got to be a. a a clear vision and i think that's what they were missing all along they had snyder's vision but yeah rushed, i was gonna rushed, say rushed 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 yeah rushed, rushed. it's just we needed new people and that's what we got david slazov new ceo of the merge post-merger this is what we needed we needed these warner brothers execs out it's crazy to say we need discovery the discovery network the discovery streaming service to take over warner brothers that's absurd that's an absurd statement to make out loud. And no one's making that enough. I just like, that, like that's how obvious I, these I, mistakes were. I thought like Warner Brothers was bigger than Discovery. Well, I always, like, but it, it just seems like why do they have so much say when Warner Brothers has had to control these characters for decades upon decades? Like, is Discover that much bi- Discovery that much big, bigger of a network or like that of a studio? Like, I just don't understand how they are like come in here. Well, like, they're not this a is studio. What we're gonna do this is well, well they're 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 the streaming channel. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. But like, streaming service now. Yes, and they're but combining. they make, but like they have, they make their own shows. They show like a globe spinning around every once in a while. They have their nature stuff and everything. It's like, why do the, these people tell me, like, then the audience says, this is what's best for Batman? Well, I, <laughs> I guess why they're what, trying to find somebody. They're and I don't, to... I don't like how they're overtly saying, like, we need a Kevin Feige. Just go find them. Don't say it's like Kevin Feige. Just I know. I hate that. Some, like, just, we're better than them. Just, get, like, just yeah. get someone to do it. and Don't call him Kevin Feige, you know? I know it's what you want to say, and it's who you're, like, comparing it to, but, like, have some respect for yourselves. <laughs> uh, moving on. 
don't talk about DC. Sorry for grabbing. If that was too long for anybody and that was going to cause a headache, but talk about Sandman, Adam Sandler, him and the Safdie brothers are reportedly working on a new project together. Sandman, right. Did uncut gems with them. Sandman is also doing a Netflix basketball movie where he's playing like a trainer slash coach. And then he's also like, he's doing a space movie. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Who's he with? He's starring with somebody in that. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan in a space movie. I believe it's a also movie for Netflix. Too. Yeah. Yes. So what do you think about him reuniting with the Safties, Flickstar? This is awesome. Oh, yeah. This is this is honestly the best news on the slate like that we have here. Like, this is like, why would he be reuniting with the Safties if it wasn't for like, let's run this back and get the recognition we deserve here at the Oscars? That's what I'm thinking here. Like, no, I what are you looking it, at me like that? I have a feeling it's not going to be a movie. Oh, no. The Safis just signed a huge deal with HBO. Imagine, I don't know if that's going to like. That interfere. is such a letdown. What if it's a limited series starring Sandman, though? Like, that it's could be great, awesome. Do we not want Adam Sandler to win an Oscar? I'm just thinking of like the possibilities, like Sandler in a serious HBO limited series role. It's pretty juicy. Imagine, imagine if like Sandler did like True Detective, <laughs> yeah, True Detective season what four? That'd be crazy. But uh, I like because like the, the Sassy's just signed that massive deal with HBO. Like they're got to be producing shows up to Wazoo. I don't know if they're gonna have time to keep doing movies, but you would assume Sandler's mainly a movie, like he's a movie guy. Although he's making all these like Netflix movies, and I wonder if that's gonna break some type of Netflix deal he has if he all of a sudden works with HBO. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't, I'm not sure how many movies he has left on the Netflix deal. Probably the space one, probably the last one. I think that's next fall that comes out. It's so different, I think, from his other ones. It's not like him and Jennifer yeah. Aniston and they are faking IDs and they're hitching across the world together in a rom com. Or Hubie it's, Halloween, it's like, just callbacks to his other movies. It's not like David Spade's going to be alongside him and Carrie Mulligan. Pu- puking He's everywhere. Like, like, I wonder, like, if, like, what that movie's gonna be like. I don't feel like that's being talked about enough. And then Carrie Mulligan coming off of promising. Well, who's directing that though? Like I don't is anyone attached to direct though? It's just uh, I don't I I'm not quite sure. I can do some research in a sec. But uh yeah. that's that'll be telling. I'm gonna look it up right now. Adam Sandler. Okay. While you say that, I'll just go I wish this was an Oscar, like a contender here. Like, I, if it could be. I'm just, I was just guessing. Idea, obviously, it, oh my it's god, cool, Ricky! But I'm the, what? This movie also stars Paul Dano. Oh right, right, right. That this it's got to be. This got to be good. Carrie Morgan doesn't do comedies. It's called. It's called Spaceman. It's got to be legit. It's, it's got to be like a legit movie, not like a joke. Carrie Morgan doesn't do that. Paul Dano, like. The jokiest one he's done is Little Miss Sunshine. That's famous for getting an Oscar nom for Best Picture in 06. So this guy is, uh, the guy directing is Johan Renk. And uh, he worked mm. on Chernobyl. Okay, this is serious. This is serious <laughs> business. <laughs> when you just say Chernobyl, it's like, oh, gosh. On, hold on to your butt. But uh, well, let's just imagine this is for a movie, okay? What would he do? Like, to get an Oscar nom... It would be like have to be like a portrayal of a historical figure. Safties are too original, too creative, I think, to do that, right? So it can't really be that a he's dad already, making like, immoral decisions for his kids. I was thinking like he was, <laughs> he's probably going to be a dad again, so maybe like he was like a drug addict, rehab. I don't know, like something like that. Maybe like his kid back. is sick and they need money. And yeah, he's going to do something a little heist action. Maybe I I don't know. That would be all I know is that like. It would be a great performance if we got something like that. And I just I just find it hard to believe them not doing a movie together. But it, the Safety deal makes sense. I didn't even think about that. It totally slipped my mind. All I'm thinking about is Will Smith just won an Oscar and Adam Sindler hasn't even been nominated for one. Like, get him at least a nom. And Safties are hot in the street. So The reason I said I got HBO content on the brain at all times. And on the HBO Max, I'm thinking about like the Batman. I'm thinking about the Safties, the potential projects that are coming out there. You're talking about Tokyo Vice with Elgort's doing well right now. So it's just, they got a lot. Sorry, sorry. I don't don't know if that's a forbidden name on this podcast. No, it's not. It's not. It's doing well. It's not the big KS. We won't do any episode recaps on that one. But I just just thought of it because I hadn't heard about any of these projects from the Safties. Uh, moving along with the checkup here, Ricky Flex. Uh, casting news, we got the Barbie movie. I think that alongside Oppenheimer have the longest, most impressive casts 
out of any movie coming out this year. Uh, there was a couple of people that got added to the Barbie cast. Kingsley Benadire from uh, uh, One Night in Miami played Malcolm X. He's also going to be in the Secret Invasion series for uh, the in the MCU. Uh, Ray Perlman, Nakuti Gadwa, Emerald Fennell, uh, Sharon Rooney, Margot Ro- joins Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferrer, Simu Liu, Emma Mackey, Alexander Strip, Issa Rae, Michael Sarah, and Will Ferrell in Barbie. So, I mean, why is this cast so big, Ricky Flex? Are these people actually going to have substantial roles in this movie? I don't think so. It's I don't gonna, think any of them will. Is this going to be like a don't look up? I'm nervous a little bit. Ryan Gosling's doing the Netflix franchise with Chris Evans and Ana de Armas with the Russo brothers. I think, I after thinking about that, obviously at first I thought it was amazing when that news broke, but then Cherry came out and I was post-21 Bridges and like everything the Russos do, not uh, directing wise, isn't very good besides Infinity War and Endgame. Like they produced everything everywhere all at once, but they're producers, you know? I'd rather see their strategic direction than them actually having their fingers on things so i don't know man this seems like it's that direction of don't look up i really hope it's not ryan gosling like i him next to margot robbie like she's like on the up and up post i like birds of prey i tanya first not great movie but she's great i tanya she was terrific then it just seems it would be such a waste of their talent to make this like a don't look up satire but I it's, feel like they're in like that fun stage, right? Barbie now. is so 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 much. It has so much potential for like satire. It could be you can make yeah. it like with the superficial world we live in, social media influencer type thing. This has the makings in this cast. It's got the makings of the satire. I'm it really. Does. But like, what what do you think we're gonna get? Like a serious Barbie movie? Like it's got to be a satire, and that's why I think like you got like you're gonna have like these execs that are being played, or maybe even like influencers themselves. <laughs> yeah, but uh, who are you like most excited to see out of this lot? Like out of this pool of actors, who do you? most want to see alongside like Gosling and Roby. Well, I'll go different. I'll go different. I'll go Emerald Fennell. Emerald Fennell. That'd be interesting. Pros promising young woman. Get her out in the limelight in the actual movie, not just behind the camera, uh, behind the camera with the pen in hand. Get her out in the limelight. And obviously like Margot Robbie, like one of the most like beautiful women in the world, like Emerald Fennell, relatively unknown, pre-promising young woman. Let's see how she does. Let's see if she has the acting chops. Let's see if it's more than just a literally one scene cameo. Because why mention her name post Oscars? Like, I don't know. It would just be interesting to see, hey, can she do both? Maybe do a, but I don't know. We'll see. And again, is it Greta Gerwig directing this? Yes. So like this being a don't look up, it was Greta so Gerwig, for, the, who, for, for those who don't know, like Greta Gerwig, we're talking about Lady Bird here. We're talking about- Little women. Little women. Like she's like one of the great, female directors of her time so yeah it'd just be shocking if this was like a don't look up but i don't think it's shocking i think it has to be a satire that's what i'm talking about like greta gerwig isn't gonna waste her time trying to make a serious barbie movie you know like that i'd be shocked like i but like they could do a spit on it yes yes but it's called barbie but has nothing to do with the actual like doll that would truly take me by surprise though it's just her name's barbie or something and she looks like her and you have Ken, <laughs> but like a lot of these like characters, maybe they're playing some people in the Barbie, like quote unquote universe, like in the guys that are wrapped up in the toys, like <laughs> calling everything they, a universe. Do they, do they have friends? Like does Barbie and Ken have friends or they only sell Barbie and Ken? Like, I don't know how that operates. Yeah. I don't know either. I have to call big Mike. No, but maybe, the, but I, I can't wait to see like Michael Sarah in this movie. Cause I, I, I need Michael Sarah being really awkward. That leans toward the satire. I, I need I need Michael Sarah being really awkward next to Mark like a gorgeous looking Margot Robbie. <laughs> I like that that that's gonna be must watch content right him, there. Him Will Ferrell being in this movie makes it lean towards more satire for sure. Oh, Will Ferrell for sure. Like Will Ferrell definitely, and I think he's supposed to play an exec. He's rumored to play an exec in this movie. Like he's supposed to be so, like the executive at like Mattel or Hasbro, I think it was or something like that. Little yeah. So that movies. again, that you're just getting that Lego Movie vibes, just him. Yeah, just being a joking around here on set, probably. Definitely could see that. Uh, still talking about casting decisions here, Ricky Flex. We got some Soderbergh news for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Magic Mike's Last Ride with Channing Tatum. But we initially had Fandy Newton slotted from of Westworld fame as the female lead in this movie. 
Uh, apparently not so fast. You get Salma Hayek now being cast. Uh, Fanny Newton had to step away due to personal reasons. There was a rumor going around that Fanny Newton left this movie because her and Channing Tatum got in a altercation, like a verbal altercation regarding Will Smith's slap. No way. <laughs> there was a That's rumor just... that went around. I don't necessarily believe that. It could be uh, some guff from the internet, but that was a rumor that was being like handed down. I doubt it because I'd be very juvenile. That's just ridiculous. Almost more juvenile than the slap itself. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say uh, Salma Hayek joined the cast. Do you think that's an improvement or what do you think? I think so, right? <laughs> she fits in this universe. <laughs> like, like the, It's just like sexy people everywhere. Throw Salma Yeah. On the older side, but still like sexy, right? She's in the don't Hitman's age white shame. Bodyguard. Do not age shame Salma Hayek. She's not just on the old side. She looked phenomenal. I just said older woman looks great. You like, started off with older women. She plays Samuel L. Jackson's wife in the hey, Hitman's yeah, white yeah. Bodyguard. But I, I do think it would be a version of that, just on a Soderbergh level. So it'd be better, as in like critically, it'd be better. But at the end of the day, I don't, again, I haven't seen any of the Magic Mics. Heard they're very good. I heard they are all very good. But I just don't know. You haven't seen the first Magic Mic? No, but I know I should. Come on. I see. I, I, I can, I can, I'm secure enough with myself. I, I, know. I, I, I just, I, it's I, not I, that. I just, I would say to it. I've seen it. I've not seen the entire second one. I've seen a couple scenes. Joe Is it McConaughey in one of them? Oh, McConaughey's in the first one. I think he's in the second one. I've never seen the second one, but McConaughey's in the first one. He makes his presence known. That's like <laughs> that's like McConaughey during the McConaughey dude. That movie's yeah, what, 2012 right. 2013, 2013. And that's where like he's hitting obviously Dallas Buyers Club, True Detective, Interstellar. Like, he was going off during this time. This is one of the forgotten roles during the McConaughey Never forget. The girls love McConaughey. We'll be wa- I will be watching Magic Mike. Won't promise on the series, the rest of them. If you said we will be watching, Ricky, I might have just like turned off the Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you know, people say that we will be watching on Twitter, those replies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about like something like with our podcast specifically. Okay. People do that all the time. I should like a fan cam. They're like, we will be watching. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You don't have to show us your fan cam. Uh, that's all I really got for the checkup, Ricky Flex. Uh, any other thoughts before we kind of wrap up this episode? Any other um, news you find worthy? Was there? Because when you said biggest cast, I thought you were talking about a different movie. Nah. I thought you were talking about the David O. Russell movie. Oh, that one too. There was a couple. I don't think there was any um, new castings for that movie. I think they just released JGL. a synopsis. What? I thought I thought Joseph Gordon Levitt got cast. Oh, no, no, no. That was in the series. He's in the Ryan Johnson series. Poker right, face. right, right. But, uh, you know, Stephanie Sue is actually in that series, that Poker Face series. We just saw her in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right. So she's like breaking through right now. Let's see what she does next. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I did want to talk about something really quick, Ricky Flex. I meant to say this at the beginning. Andrew Dominic, who is directing the blonde, who Marilyn Monroe biopic starring on the armist he had a quote saying that he described his own movie as a mix of citizen kane and raging bull having a baby that's how he described it that the cockiest thing i've ever heard now what that's not that's not good especially with this movie all the reshoots and everything going on delays not something to say especially with all the disruptions on set here we don't root for people to fall on this podcast but i'd be lying if i said i did not screenshot that exact quote citizen kane <laughs> And Raging Bull had a baby. Arguably the two greatest movies. I can wait movies of all time. of all time. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like this movie's NC-17 and you're saying it's going to be on the level of those two movies? Or he's just like making- And on a day, on a day, Armas coming off of deep water. You got to, you got to have, you got to feel that he was being a little bit satirical here, but this is the internet, baby. Everything's in print. Like, is this like, movie going to be a black and white? Is that maybe why he said that? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I would assume portions of it are. Maybe at the, like, I don't know. I really don't. Hmm. It's just a hot take. Hot take alone. It'd be, it would be kind of controversial if it was in black and white and you can't see she has blonde hair and blonde. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> I mean, ironic. Uh, yeah. But that's going to be it. That's going to do it, excuse me, for episode 89 of the Drive-In Podcast.
Uh, Ricky Flex, we got a slew of episodes this week. Can you enlighten the audience of the schedule? Oh, um, let's see. Nick Cage draft tomorrow, top billing. That's well, the most recording hurt. tomorrow, coming out Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We're coming out Wednesday. Nick Cage top billing. That's going to be something. Yeah, watched, that's a must listen. I watched six Nicolas Cage movies this week on Ricky Flex. I, I, I watched like four. I, I watched I watched Leaving Las Vegas last night for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have, I just have a couple thoughts because I know you love that movie. <laughs> Are we doing this on this podcast? No, or? I just want I need to talk about this movie because like this is a movie podcast and I got to talk about what I've seen. But dude, what a performance by Cage. All-time alcoholic. But like that movie, other than his performance and his chemistry with the girl, I didn't love the movie. Yeah, it's not about the movie though. Yeah, it's just like, it, like to me, the movie's it looks not so about... dated. It looks like it was shot for ten dollars on purpose. <laughs> it's supposed to. Right. Well, it makes sense because this guy lives like a slob and everything. But like, I've never like I I don't think I want to drink alcohol yeah. again after seeing that movie. It's a tough watch. It's uh, dude. It's I thought tough. it was going to be like a comedy. I didn't know this was going to be the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life. One of his Oscar. You think he won an Oscar for a comedy? Like, I had to wash it down. With, I had to wash it down with Con Air afterwards. But oh, uh, nice. so Nick Cage draft, and then what we got? Blockbuster Battle Thursday. No Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Thursday. Sorry, Moon Knight then, Thursday episode four recap, and then Blockbuster Battle: The Dark Knight versus the Batman in uh, a Clash of the Titans. Certainly a Clash for the Titans. Any final thoughts or anything before we sign off? Big week. Can't wait for the Nick draft. Nick Cage draft coming at you tomorrow that's going to do it for episode 89 of the drive-in podcast make sure you make sure you subscribe to the pod wherever you listen whether it be apple uh whether it be spotify soundcloud stitcher the whole shebang make sure you're following us on social media make sure you subscribe to the youtube clips coming out on the regular until next time we will be